Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 543 of the Juicebox Podcast. Lexi's on the show today. She's a young person living with type 1 diabetes for a long time. She's got a lot of good stories, and her life so far has been quite a, quite a ride. She's going to tell us about it. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. I have said that so much in my life, I'm now pausing at weird spots to make it fun, just for me. Your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. It just, I'm just playing with it at this point. I don't, I just, I, I mean, I have to say it, but I've said it so much and I don't want to pre-record it. So every day I give you a new one. You probably don't care about that, right? Hey, uh, have you uh, checked out the T1D exchange yet? T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. You're a U.S. resident who has type one or is the caregiver of someone with type one. You can take the survey at that link. You'll be supporting people with type one diabetes while supporting the juice box podcast, t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. This episode of the juice box podcast is also sponsored by the contour next one blood glucose meter. Please go to contournext.com forward slash juice box to take a good look at the best darn little blood glucose meter I've ever seen. Are you in a bathtub right now? Why does it sound like I am? I'm hearing dripping water. Oh, I, you know what? It's my earrings. I'm going to take them off. Really? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Is that, hold on, I'm taking off the other one. If that's, no. well, I have my AirPods on. I don't know. Is that better for you or do you want me to take them off? It's not. It wasn't the earrings. It's some sort of an electronic noise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> I you it's my fish tank. <laughs> it's your fish. All right. Can you, like, yeah, kill, I can kill the fish? I mean, it won't kill the fish to turn the filter off for an hour, will it? I don't know. They're my boyfriend's fish, so I don't want to mess with it. Hey, listen. <laughs> I mean, that can't be your problem, can it? Technically, they're my stepkids. He he treats those fish like his kids. Yeah, I feel like this (laughs) is a strong. They all have names. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, this is a strong start to the podcast because I am recording already, and we're going to absolutely find out the names of your boyfriend's fish before we get started, and why you've chosen a boyfriend who names his fish. And at no point was this like an indicator for you. Were you like? What did you do? Did you love him by the time he told you that? Well, so before there were eight fish and some of them looked the same, but so like some of them had names and some didn't. And then now there, some of them, you know, COVID, like this whole mess of like, we live in Chicago. So we were downtown Chicago and then everything shut down. So we went back to the suburbs and we left the fish. And then halfway through this pandemic, like we came back after, I think it was like three weeks, grabbed the fish, brought them back to the suburbs with our parents. And then one of them jumped out and died and then another one disappeared. So 
it's just been like a mess, but yeah, now they all have names. <laughs> Slow down. We're never getting to your diabetes story, Lexi, just so you know. Uh, just introduce yourself very quickly so we can keep going. Yeah, sure. Okay, my name is Lexi. I am from Chicago. I, um, I'm i 28 years old, and I've had diabetes since I was four. Okay. All right, hold on. You lost the fish? So one of them just like it's not in the filter. It wasn't around the floor. We're assuming one of the bigger guys ate her or him. I don't really know. Um, so, I mean, when I say it disappeared, it legitimately disappeared. <laughs> well, I know I'm, I can only be certain that the girl from a recent episode called vegan cat, uh, her cat did not kill it cause it can't eat protein. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay. 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 You lost the fish. You abandoned the fish for a while. Like at first you were yeah. like, you know, coronavirus. I was like, can coronavirus affect fish? And then I realized you meant that you like f- took off because of coronavirus and got out of the yeah, city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> got out of the city. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's just start over. Here's the really strange thing I'm learning about this podcast. How old are you? Well, I'm 27, but I'll be 28 in a couple months. Okay. Because when you wrote me, you were 26. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm looking at your original email. Yeah, I've just grown two years. No, I'll be 28 in December. So I'm assuming that by the time this airs, maybe I'll be 28. Oh, please, by the time this airs, I'll be 33. And those. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and w- Considering we booked this in February. <laughs> okay. All right. So I just, I'm like, wait, her note says she's 26. And I'm like, how long have I been putting people off to get on this podcast? Is it at the point where by the time it's time to record the podcast, do you think, like, oh, that's right. I wanted to be on a podcast? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what I woke up this morning, and I was like, it's podcast day. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I, I'll tell you what, the other secret of how I um, make sure that the people who are on the podcast want to be on the podcast is I mm-hmm. make almost no effort to remind you of when you're on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> if you're here today, eight months after you sent me an email, you really want to do this. <laughs> and that's, that's I'm excited. How, yeah. I listen every day. Do you really? I do. I feel like I was catching up for a while. Um, but then I guess it just, you know, honestly, I, like I said, I'm a recruiter. So I re- review resumes 45 minutes every day. So that's my podcast listening time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's cool. I appreciate that. Okay. So <clears throat> Lexi, who's 28, um, <laughs> was diagnosed at what age? I was four. Okay. Do you remember diabetes from being four years old? Or when do you begin to remember it? I think I really, really begin to remember it when I went to kindergarten. Um, but before that, like I remember bits and pieces of like right before I was diagnosed. Um, and then there are things that my parents told me, like I didn't go to preschool cause it was right when I was diagnosed. And then we moved out of the city and into the suburbs. So there wasn't really a time for me to go to preschool. So I remember like those little things, but, um, I'd say kindergarten just because I was so different than all the other students. I had to go to the nurse's office. I had juice boxes at my desk. My teacher, you know, always kept an eye on me, things like that. Do you ever wonder, I wonder, so I'm going to find out if you wonder, if my memories are because someone told it to me or because I remember? You know, I was asking my mom that because I asked her, like both my parents, I was asking them about my like diagnosis ever since, you know, we figured out a time and date for this. But um, there was one story I told her and she was like, I can't believe you remember that. And I was like, I don't, I didn't, I don't know. I thought someone told me the story. She's like, I for sure has not, have never told you anything about like wow. this specific um, like moment. It was like a weird memory that I had um, like 
maybe like two months before I was diagnosed. I think I was really, really sick, Mm -hmm. Um, like pukey, pukey, like all the time. Um, And my mom, I remember- Strong episode title, Lexi. Hold on a second. Pukey, pukey all the time. Go ahead. Lexi, four-year-old, pukey, pukey all the time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, no, there was this memory that I had. I remember I was like in the bathroom and I was puking. And then afterwards- I, my mom was like carrying me and, and we lived in like a little apartment at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can I have a pickle? <laughs> <laughs> and, my, and then my mom's like, yeah, you had such strange cravings. Like you would have these full meals um, at dinner time and then go in the fridge and just like eat lunch meat, like right from the bag. And I was like, as a four-year-old, I don't know what I was doing, but you know, <laughs> it was just so weird. <laughs> Do you wonder how many people right now are thinking, wait, you just can't eat lunch meat out of the bag. That's wrong. <laughs> Oh, it's definitely I not wrong. Yeah, but. I don't think so either. <laughs> um, I, my last thought, by the way, about memories is that I, I'm starting to believe that photos that I've favorited in my mm-hmm. in my I have iPhoto, so we have all of our pictures are in this one place. I'm starting to think that I believe that my favorited photos are my favorite times of life because I see the pictures mm-hmm. more frequently, so I remember the time. I'm yeah. starting to think that I'm impacting what I think about my life by the pictures that I see. Yeah, I, that's a good point. I mean, I feel like when I look the happiest in my picture, it was probably a really happy moment or really sad moment, whatever. And I, I do like tend to cling onto those memories. I don't know. That's a really good point to bring up though. I'm just telling you that I don't know why I have so many stoner thoughts and I don't smoke, but I just, <laughs> I'm like, I think I'm impacting my memories with these pictures. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Anyway. Um, Okay, so I got to do some quick math. Let's we're calling you twenty eight. No, it's so twenty four years ago, and it's so like nineteen ninety six. Yep, exactly. That's, I think it was the year July I got married. By the way, what'd you say? It's the year I got married. Oh, <laughs> good way to remember it. There yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, either you're really young or I'm really old, but there's something going on here. Um, okay, so. <laughs> Interesting. What was it like back then? Did they give you a pump right away or what did you do? No. So, um, I don't remember too much of it. I, I got a, I went on a mini med, um, when I was in second grade. So I think I was eight, but before that we had two different, I think it was like H and R was the insulin and my parents did everything for me. I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I remember, um, Definitely, there was no pens, so it was all syringes. So you had to pull it out of the vial. I definitely tested my fingers. I mean, my my fingers looked like pasta strainers. I could like squeeze my finger without poking it, and blood would come out. Like that's how. And my parents tested me twelve times a day, so it was like equivalent to a Dexcom now, but finger pricking. <laughs> wow. um, yeah. So I mean, my fingers were just like so so like scabby and like I couldn't feel much but I mean now that I've moved on to a CGM it feels much better <laughs> just just so but, that I don't, yeah that's what it was that's what just so I don't get a bunch of emails later I think it's R and N or N and R I think you said N-A-R, H yeah. and I'm not sure I just H. don't like I maybe I'm just thinking humalog I don't know I'm just telling I, you I, yeah, I, if I, I agreed with Thank that <laughs> if I agreed with that and it's wrong it's email city. Hey, Scott, in a oh. recent episode of the podcast, you said, <laughs> hey, put, and FYI, yeah. Lexi said, and then you agreed with her. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm trying to talk here. It takes a lot of effort, okay? Everything can't be perfect. Um, yeah. So wait a minute. You could really squeeze your fingers and make blood come out? Yeah, it was disgusting. Ew. Do you have a, yeah. do you have a, like a clotting issue or anything like that? 
no, from what I know, no. But it was always like my pointer finger, my middle fingers were the ones that I tested on the most. And those are the two fingers that would do that. That's an interesting party trick. Yeah, right. Um, Okay, look what I can do. (laughs) Do you ever get the double bang? Like you click it once, but you have two holes and they're not near each other? Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, I got that a lot. Or I would just poke one side and then like blood from the other side of my finger would come out too. So (laughs) I don't know. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that one wasn't enough, so I can just go from the other side, too. And that was the other thing. Like, now I can, um, when I'm testing my blood sugar, if I have to, I can, you know, go back and, like, repoke my finger and put more blood in it. But before, it was, like, you had three seconds. And if you didn't make it in that three seconds, like, you had to use a whole new strip. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, technology's come a long way. All right, listen. I think everybody needs to buckle in. I think Alexi's going to be a fun ride. So let's um, (laughs) let's figure out what happened here. So... I am. I, you have a, a pretty detailed email. You obviously Correct. write emails professionally. I can see that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so moving through that time, not not very much of a big deal for you. Like you don't seem to indicate that your early years were any kind of a a burden or anything like that. Uh, oh, no. You went into middle school and you started playing a lot of different sports. Yeah. How did that get managed? Well, so at that time. I was on the pump, so and I had a two pump. Um, so sixth grade was when I started volleyball, and I remember the coach specifically telling me like, "You can't die for a ball because you're gonna, your mom said you're going to mess up your pump." And I was like, "Okay, well, I can never go for the balls that are going to hit the ground, but that's fine." Um, and then later on that same year, I started track, and I remember this like memory of I was going through hurdles, like hurdle practice, and I remember. Um, jumping through one hurdle and I was making it. And I had this worry in the back of my head where I knew that my pump was just going to fly off. Like I just like had this worry. And then lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. I went through the fourth hurdle. My foot got caught on the hurdle. I fell to the ground, but like my pump went one way and I went the other way. So (laughs) I remember my mom had to come and pick me up from practice because I didn't have insulin on me. And, you know, at the time, like the pump wasn't so like I couldn't carry it with me to school to if I had to change it. Okay. There were just so many pieces to it. Um, so I um, remember like the second I got home, I was like, get this thing off of me. Like I don't want it anymore. Like I can't have it. And um, by that summer, I, my mom, we got, we switched to the pens. So that was okay for me. And then I had Lantis and Novolog. Okay. Did you, um, did you start I don't remember anything volleyballs? crazy going on, like low blood sugars or high blood sugars or anything. Did you like show up at volleyball practice the next year and we're like, hey, guess what? I can die for balls. Oh, yeah. I made the A team. <laughs> I, I would assume if you can't dive, it's pretty hard to be good at volleyball, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Imagine the, the, the absolute joy on the volleyball coach when your mom was like, hey, Lexi can't dive. He was probably like, know, say right? what now? <laughs> yeah, he was probably like, we just put this girl on our team and said no to the girl that can dive. So It's the I whole game, lady. What do you want from me? <laughs> That's exactly. really, very funny, actually. Um, so you you pushed your parents to get you back on MDI then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think at that point, well, when I was in second grade, I I wasn't old enough to make that decision. I didn't even know I was going on a pump. I just remember one day I stayed home from school and the mini med people came or the Medtronic people came to my house and they were putting this thing on me. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> my parents, my dad, I remember was like, no, this is going to be for your diabetes. It's going to help you. And I was like, okay, whatever. I mean, yeah. it's not like everyone in school knew I was diabetic um, for so long. So it wasn't anything that I had to go 
to school and explain to people. Um, so from that time, but yeah, I, I to, pushed them to get off of it. Yeah. So from that time to the track incident, you had a pump, then you got rid of mm-hmm. the pump and you didn't have one for a long time, right? Yeah. So I didn't have one um, all through high school or the rest of middle school, all through high school, all through college. And really actually um, a year ago, I, on my uh, memories on my um, iPhotos came up a year ago that I switched to the um, 670G last year. Okay. So it's been a year since I've been on it. Gotcha. Officially. All right. And so there's a big gap of time. Now, I think this is where a good part of your story happens, right? So you're doing well all through high school. You told me your parents, you know, made you promise to take care of things and keep track of stuff if they let you go back yeah. to shots. And you mm-hmm. that that was no trouble through through high school. What do you know about what your A one C's were through high school? Yeah, I don't think they went up or over six point five. I think they were I was really in good control up until then. But I still had like my parents like, hey, make sure you pre bolus. Like, hey, we're eating dinner in fifteen minutes. Make sure you give yourself your shot. So right. I had those reminders that were really helpful. Gotcha. Um, your parents did not come to college with you, I assume. No, they did not. <laughs> uh, and did it become an issue that there wasn't somebody there telling you what to do? No, because in the back of my head, I knew like I still gave myself insulin. It just wasn't like I would be more private about it. Um, and I was thinking a lot about this because in my earlier grades, my mom would come to school with me my first day and she would read a book to everybody in, in my class about like taking diabetes to school. So everybody knew I had diabetes. It wasn't like everyone got excited when they had to walk me to the nurse's office, um, like before lunch or um, if I was low. But then like when I went to college, I didn't have that parent there to teach everybody that I had diabetes. So no one really around me knew about it. Um, so I, my roommate obviously knew and she was just like, okay, like, do I need to do anything? I was like, no, I'm, self, I'm self-managed. Like I can do anything. I can do everything I need to. Right. Um, so it was kind of like, I don't know if it was an embarrassment kind of thing, or I just didn't want to explain it to people. Um, you know, like what happens if I'm high or like if I'm moody or, you know, this and that, and like what the side effects could be from high or low blood sugars that I was just like, you know, if I just don't tell anybody about it and just like manage it myself, I think that I can do it. I can do this, you know, did not, did not telling them make it feel weird when you did something and that therefore you weren't doing it as frequently or like, did it, was there like a cascading Exactly. I had a friend who, um, didn't like shots. So I would never do my shot around her. I would wait until I go to the bathroom or, um, but I would never say like, Hey, let me go to the bathroom real quick. Cause we're going to eat soon. I would be like, Oh, actually I have to go to the bathroom now. So I just bring my shot with me and do, do my shot there. Um, but I would just pull it out and like some of my friends wouldn't even say anything as I just, you know, injected myself. Um, but if but, Becky I mean, was around, you were like consciously trying not to make who I'm just making up a name, but, but you didn't want yeah. her to be uncomfortable. Exactly. Exactly. That's interesting. I would never yeah. occur to me. I might have a personality disorder. It's possible. I, I've never <laughs> considered a, another person in a situation like that before. Uh, but, but yeah, I yeah. get why you would. And I understand how it could happen. Um, but that's so that so nobody's there to explain it because nobody's there to explain it. Then you feel like, well, I don't feel like explaining it to everybody mm-hmm. and or I don't want to freak everybody out by whipping this thing out that they don't understand and starting that whole exactly that, that whole rigmarole. So then it. Yeah. Just, and then also part of it was I had lecture halls of like all like, you know, 100 people. So I remember like every class that I had in high school, middle school, whatever, I'd go to the teacher and say, hi, my name's Lexi. I'm diabetic. Um 
you know, the nurse knows this, like, here's my IEP is what we used to call it instead of 504 plan. Um, like here, here's glucose tablets. If you want to just keep them in your desk in case I have a low, but I remember doing that my first day in college, um, to my professor and he was just like, okay, like, I'm not going to carry these around with me, you know? And I was like, and it dawned on me. I was like, yeah, that's right. Like he has 500 students that he sees a day. There's no way that he's going to remember who I am just because I'm a diabetic. It's not like me sitting in the front of the lecture class. He's going to be like keeping an eye on me. So I think at that point, I was like, you know what, whatever. He's given a lecture to 300 people. And from the back of the room, he hears, and he's got to think, exactly. well, I hope that's not Lexi. I got to get the glucose tablets. It was that Lexi. And then what do you wait for someone to say, no, sir, Lexi, uh, this is me. I'm Lexi. I'm good. That was Billy. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. That kid fell for a completely different reason. <laughs> exactly. So I think there was the, that moment dawned on me and I was like, yeah, maybe just people don't care. Like if I don't explain it to people, it's not going to matter. And if I do explain it to me, people, it's still not going to matter. So I don't know. I just, I think at that point, I just kind of assumed that everybody was the same and wanting to learn about it. And yeah. I just kind of clo- closed, was really closed off about it. Uh, yeah. I, I, your parents did you a disservice by not explaining to you at some point in your life that nobody actually <laughs> cares about you. Just, just so right. you know, yeah, <laughs> there's not one person in the world walking around going, this Lexi, very interesting. I'm keeping an eye. You, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no one cares uh, uh, about, about, you know, that nobody's got time to care and you know, right. I just mean of like regular everyday people. Obviously, you have family and friends who care, um, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But the the general public is not is not worried about you, right? Exactly. Like I don't have a some sort of watch person as I'm walking to camp, like walking on campus to school every day. It, it's like, why self sugar okay? Yeah, it's why <laughs> you self- ate that snack and you ate that snack and you didn't pre bolus for it. You <laughs> ate a skittle earlier. Like no, <laughs> no one's there. <laughs> The guy, the guy running the security desk is like, is everything all right? Lexi, you should walk by like it's a 1950s TV show and you're walking yeah. down a black and white street and the market guy's like, Lexi, take a piece of bread in case you get low. Everybody cares right. about Lexi. <laughs> Le- yeah, yeah, no, it's not like that. Um, right. Yeah. It's interesting, <laughs> isn't it, that we're all so self-conscious because really no one's watching you except, mm-hmm. except, except everyone people watches, but that's meaningless mm-hmm. because it's fleeting. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, do you walk, you must look, do you look at every person you walk past? No, <laughs> oh, I do. I mean, kind of like if I'm in a group, let's say I'm at the pool and there's a bunch of people at the pool. I love to people watch, but if I'm just walking to the street or like down the street to my car, I, I'm one track mind just going to my car and that's it. <laughs> I know what every person looks like who I pass on the street as I'm driving. <laughs> I, I look over, I look at their face. I assess their car, and then I move on. Now, that information is gone out of my head a split second later. And if you were to say to me, you know, what did the last guy look like? I'd be like, I don't know. But for some reason, I'm mesmerized by finding out. I love right. to – I and it's – but my point is, is that it's completely fleeting. It's yeah. it, Three days later, I don't sit down and go – let me just hit it again. I just hit the stop button. Lexi, and I'm recording again. For the first time in like 400 recordings, I just reached forward, touched my keyboard, and it stopped. Um, oh, that was weird. But I, uh, what I was going to say was, is that I never, it's not like three weeks later, I'm like, you remember the guy in the orange car with the blue hat? Mm-hmm. I've got to track him down and let him know that that hat did not match that car. Like, that's what I mean about being self-conscious. Like, who cares, even, like yeah. what someone else thinks? You're never even going to know it. That's why I'm always weirded out by people who can be impacted by like, the internet 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can just shut the internet off, you know. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not, it's not right. like I know you you yeah. don't have to log in every day and you know read every comment that everyone right. makes exactly. If a guy, good. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, if a guy comes to your house and threatens to punch you in the face, then punches you in the face, that I'd be worried about. But, right. you know, <laughs> if, a, if a man in Argentina tells me he doesn't like the podcast, the way I get around that is by never, ever paying attention to him. <laughs> and yeah. then, then it's like he doesn't exist. It's fascinating, really, when you stop and think about it, what we, what we yeah. give power to. Um, I know. And it, it seems like it really impacted you at school, though. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say is that. At school, for some reason, it, I mean, I didn't care what anyone thought of me up until I went to school. And then in, the, in those like six years, probably like all through school and then my first like couple years in working life, I cared about everything and what everyone what everyone thought about me. And then once I switched back to the pump last year, like I don't care what people see, like if it's on my arm or on my leg or like I have this like pad just bulging through my, <laughs> my pant leg, like it just doesn't matter anymore. And I, I don't know when that switched for me. Maybe it was just because it was like, you know, you find someone that you start dating and you want to start like making yourself healthier. And I've heard this on the podcast so many times. You right. want to get yourself healthier so that you can have a longer life with somebody else. That's when I think everything just turned on, like just flipped a switch. And gotcha. I was like, oh, I need to get healthy. <laughs> I'm more important than somebody else. Right. My odd thoughts about what other people may be thinking about me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, you got to come correct if you want to attract a man who names his fish. You can't just, I know. yeah, you can't just be doing it half-assed. I mean, that guy's going to pass you right by. He's obviously got a lot of options. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. He I, takes care of his fish. The least I could do is take care of myself. <laughs> I really want to know. I want to take you back in a time machine and have him tell you that he names those fish before you cared about him and see if he's still your boyfriend. <laughs> Imagine, right? <laughs> hey, mom, I thought I had a guy I was interested in, but then do you know he named his fish? And so we don't go out anymore. I just wanted to let you know. Um, it oh my was, gosh. So, so you go to college, you become self conscious about the diabetes. Um, mm-hmm. and, and do you ever work through it at college, or is it just something that just plagues you the entire time? It was like something that was just in the back of my mind, but I don't know what it was. It was school first, then diabetes. Um, so I had a, I remember I didn't go to the endo that often. And I think it was also this weird transition where I had this amazing endo from when I was four until 18. And then I was just expected to get a new endo and everyone, every endocrinologist I met, I hated. I, it was just like, no, I'm not going back to them. Like I've got to find a new one. Um, so that was kind of a struggle for me a little bit. Like I couldn't relate to any of them, um, up until that point. And, and if I'm right here from what I remember from your email, you just, you stopped testing during college completely. Yeah. I know my parents are going to listen to this and be like, what? But, um, yeah, I mean, not completely, but (laughs) I'd say like it went from like three times a day before meals. And then it went to like in the morning and then before I went to bed and then it just like slowly weeded out. Um, it wasn't good. And you were not seeing an endo during that time either. No, I would get my A1C tested if I went to go see like the yearly doctor. So I remember one and one A1C was at a 12 and then it just started coming down um, to what was like 8.8 last year before I switched to the pump. Okay. All right. Hey, real quick, let's do a plug for juiceboxdocs.com. There's like mm-hmm. three great doctors on my, uh, my list right from Chicago that apparently wouldn't yeah. be able to help you while you were there. Let's just real quick. Melody Beers, Anita Swami, Carrie Zimmer. Those are just three. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Carrie's uh, in Wheaton. My fault. That's okay. It's close enough. <laughs> is it? I don't know Chicago at all. All I know is that for some reason you guys are excited that your pizza's thick, and I don't understand that either. So, uh, no, I- <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Why? Why is it thick? It does. It that's just I think bread. People with, just love bread. <laughs> yeah, just say you want bread. Like, let it go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fine. I'm not judging you. Just you know, eat bread and throw some ketchup on it and tell me it's pizza. Uh, anyway. Yeah, and you know, I will clarify. Like, I like deep dish pizza, but it, if I had to eat pizza every day, I'm not getting deep dish pizza every it's New day. York. It's you go to New York, much. Neapolitan, something yeah. like that. Right. Right. Well, I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I don't I mean, understand. Some people the ask me if they're if I'm not for, or if they're not from Chicago. They're like, so do you eat deep dish pizza all the time? I'm like, no, it's like a once a quarter kind of thing. But it's good. <laughs> I don't even know how you could. I had a cheeseburger last night. And when I was done, I started thinking, I might not eat for like three days. <laughs> I, just, I, know. I just, I don't know how to, I wouldn't know how to eat a deep dish pizza and then be hungry again. Um, oh, no, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, let's dig in a little more here. Pretend your parents aren't listening. Help mm-hmm. some kids out in college, right? Like, and parents who are getting ready to send their kids off. It just becomes less important or because you're not paying attention to it. Like, so obviously then you don't have a glucose monitor. So you're just, you're on a pump, you're counting your carbs giving yourself food, uh, not testing that frequently. What's the, like, did you, did you notice that you didn't feel well as your A1C started to go up and then you got accustomed to it? Do you remember that by any chance? Yeah. I remember like my lows. If when I did check my number, if I felt low, it was only 80. So it wasn't even that low unless I was dropping really fast. And that's, I mean, I, there would be no way for me to know. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I just became accustomed to that weird feeling. And then it, and I'm jumping ahead now. I kind of felt like I had like a gluten allergy last year. Um, and then once my numbers got better, I got over that. So now I can eat it. No, and I'm, I feel great, but, um, yeah, it was just like this weird, like, I just was always thirsty and I just felt like I had a friend that was always thirsty too. So I was like, Oh, we're just always, we're just friends and we're always thirsty. I don't know. Um, so it was just like a weird thing. I just became accustomed to just feeling like crap all the time. Okay. Um, and then, so I don't want to, I'm just going to say, so you get out of college and you test your A1C, you said in your note for the first time in four years, Mm -hmm. you tell people what it was. And did you tell your parents? Um, I did not tell my parents. I think at this point, my parents asked me, yeah, let's, do they know now? Or is this going to be a big reveal for them? This might be a big reveal for them. So (laughs) mom and dad, if you're driving, I'm looking at the number here. Let me just say to you, I'd pull over. Okay. Or you know what I'll do? I'll put the ad here. And that'll give you time to to stop your car. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Givoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. People using insulin need a great blood glucose meter. That means if you're type 2 or type 1, and I think you should take a look, at the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. When you get this meter, here's what you get with it. It's holdable. 
Not really a word, but yet it is. It fits in your hand nicely, and it allows you to be dexterous with the meter. Like, you can really come at the blood from a lot of different angles because of how the meter itself is shaped. That's important. It's small, so it's easy to carry or keep in your purse or your pocket, but it's not so small that you can't get a hold of it. Understand what I'm saying? It's the perfect size. It's the perfect shape. And it has second chance test strips. So if you get in there towards the blood, and you're like, oh, I hit a little bit of the blood, but get some and not enough. That doesn't ruin the test strip. Just go back and get more with your second chance. Not only that, sometimes you're going to need to test your blood sugar when it's dark out. And the Contour Next One blood glucose meter has a nice bright light. If you're interested in seeing your data on your phone, you're in luck. It also has an app. And the app will connect to the meter through Bluetooth and just update the data right on the application. And if you don't want to use the app, it's fine. You can just use it like a meter. It's very versatile. This thing is small, easy to hold, but still the right size and very versatile. Understand what I'm saying? The Contour Next One blood glucose meter is for you. Check it out at contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Now, there are links in the show notes and links at juiceboxpodcast.com if you can't remember them. But otherwise, contournext.com forward slash juicebox. I don't even have time to tell you today about the the cost of the thing. It, it actually may end up being cheaper if you pay cash than what you're paying now for your meter through your insurance. I mean, that alone is bizarre. You should check it out. They have a test trip savings program. Uh, you may be eligible for a free meter. All this information is on the website. Head over and check it out. I'm earnestly telling you about this meter, okay? Like, uh, I had options to have other meter companies buy ads on the podcast. I didn't just choose the Contour Next One for my daughter. I, I chose it in a lot of different ways. And I think if you check it out, you might choose it as well. And what was your A1C, Lexi? Uh, I don't even remember. Was I it have it. Do you want me to tell you? 12.3. Yeah, it was not good. I remember looking that up. I was like, oh, shoot. Uh, Mom, if you're having chest pains right now, just call 911. Don't even wait mm-hmm. to see what happens next, okay? Um, but no, there's some good news coming. Don't worry. But that's really fascinating because you are a kid in middle school and high school who is in the in the low sixes most of the time, mm-hmm. right? And then yeah. your A1C doubled in four years of college. Mm-hmm. Hindsight, did that impact your experience at college, the high A1C? like your health in general or do you not or would you just not know because you became accustomed to the feelings i think i just didn't know because i was accustomed to the to the feeling and i know that and my parents know this i was drinking like i was in a sorority i was the president of the sorority i like had all these things going on that diabetes was just way far back in my head like i knew i had it obviously i would bolus you know whenever i had to and that was that was it like that was the extent of my care was just giving myself a shot of 10 units and calling it a day Wow. You you were the president of alcohol, basically? Exactly. Did you have to run for that position, or did they just see it in you and give it to you? How does that work? <laughs> no, they picked me to be that person. <laughs> oh, Lexi, they looked at you, and they were like, hmm, <laughs> she can handle this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's right. It's true. <laughs> so, do you, uh, so to take a sidebar for a second... When you're the president of a sorority, do you feel a pressure to like lead the charge in partying? 
Like, do you feel like you're like <laughs> setting the tone? I'm being serious. No, I'm serious. Okay. So at that time, my school didn't have a lot of like restrictions and rules on Greek life in general. So when I became president, we also had to implement a risk management policy. So I think when I became president, I tried to tone our partying down down because one, we had to, there were all these like risks and things people can sue you for and this and that. And I was like, all right, we're not going to deal with this. We're going to put this policy in place. Everyone's going to follow the rules and that's what we're going to do. Um, so there were a lot more things you could get in trouble for at a party. Um, and I, I don't, I don't, I think people still had a good time, obviously from what they've told me, I don't think they would tell me that they didn't, but, um, yeah, at that time I wasn't like out leading the charge of, Hey, let's go to this fraternity party tonight and this one tomorrow and this one on Sunday night. And actually let's make it Sunday during the day because we have school Monday. No, that's not how it was. <laughs> I just reached out to you on LinkedIn while you were talking. Cause I want to see how your life progresses. And <laughs> Because that's interesting that you took kind of the opposite uh, um, approach where you're like, well, let's tone this down a little bit. But still, toned down partying at college is still uh, yeah. it's, it's still, still somehow gets you to a 12A1C, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're drinking margaritas. It's not like I liked Cabernet back then or vodka sodas or vodka waters. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think you got to be honest with yourself here because you have a glucose monitor now. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So do you think that if you had that in college, that it would have changed anything for you? Oh, I think so. Totally. Because I thought it was just a hassle to check my blood sugars and my fingers, I told you, were so bad that I was like, I don't want this anymore. (laughs) Um, But I didn't also know about glucose monitors. I had one when I was 18, I think right before I went to school. And it was like this giant clucky thing that nobody told me there was these little ones that just, you know, like the duck, the ducks come now. It's just so tiny and it just sticks on my arm for 10 days. I don't even realize it's there, but if I knew that that existed, I think I would be okay wearing one as long as it was under my clothes. I see. And, but do you think having the information would have changed your activities or do you think you would have just ignored it? I don't think I would have ignored it. I think just seeing it, being able to see it on my phone, I could, I would know like, okay, there's, I know that there's sugar, in these drinks that I'm having, like, let me give myself more insulin at least. I think, I don't know if it would have changed like, you know, pre-bolusing or anything like that. Cause yeah. I was still self-conscious of doing shots in front of people. Right. But, um, I think I would have been more aware of how much insulin I was giving myself or maybe trying to prevent lows. Or if I saw that I was high, I would give myself insulin cause I was high. Because I've seen people that just turn the alarms off too. Like, I'm always fascinated. Like, how did you get the 400 when mm-hmm. you have a CGM? And they're like, oh, well, my alarm's at 400. I was like, oh, oh okay. Um, yeah, so I, I just, um, I, I wondered. Like, so you were reasonably, so you were more hamstrung by the social side of it than you mm-hmm. were a, of the, the other part. Like, you would have tested your blood sugar, but you didn't want somebody to see it. Yeah, and in high school, I had, a, even growing up, I had a friends that were diabetic. I had a few of them. So it was just so normalized everywhere I went that I haven't met another diabetic since I was young. Like, I couldn't tell you any other diabetics that I met in college, even maybe one or two in, like, work settings, but not that I was close to them, that I talked to them, but yeah. So somebody would have been helpful, just anybody, really, mm-hmm. to make you feel Yeah, like just a, a support system, and I think that's what it came down to was – I guess if if I thought no one was interested in learning about it, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to tell anybody about it because they don't care. Um, And I think it just, that's what it came down to. Yeah. It's interesting. 
It really, I do find that fascinating that on one hand, you cared what people thought, but on the other hand, you didn't expect that they thought anything of you or mm-hmm. that they cared enough to know. Do you see what I'm saying? There's like a paradox yeah. in there somewhere. I know. Yeah. People are weird. Um, and that I so mean weird. you because you were in college and you were a kid and you were having these like <laughs> these two completely competing ideas and somehow they both drove you in the same direction. That's fascinating. It really is mm-hmm. fascinating. Um, yeah. So you obviously you graduated. You didn't die. That's mm-hmm. excellent. Good job. Yeah. Uh, still here. Yeah. <laughs> Your parents are like, I did not know that this was going to be the Mendoza line. <laughs> like, look, she's still alive. Yay. <laughs> uh, but okay, you got through it. And that's excellent. Do you have any issues from the four years? Not, not that I know of. Um, I do. I don't know. I worry about it, you know, in the future more than I do, like whenever I start wanting to have kids and all of that. But right now it's hasn't been anything that's affected me so far, thankfully. And, you know, knock on wood that it still doesn't. But yeah, I think helping having it controlled for 14 years before that probably <laughs> was my life save, like just my savior in general. It's such an interesting thing. Like, is it cumulative or not? Like Jenny says it's not. And at the mm-hmm. same, like, th- like there's some damage that was done during those four years. Now, mm-hmm. can your body regenerate like that damage? Like that's another question, right? Like it's just, right. but the good doesn't like, it's not a it, it, 10 years of good A1Cs don't act as a, a shield for four years of bad ones. Like the four years still do sure. what they do. And then hopefully you yeah. were young enough and got back to it fast enough. And you really did get back to it. And that's the part that we're going to talk about next is mm-hmm. you get out of school. You did finally find an endo that you liked. How long, what was that process like of trying to find that endocrinologist? Yeah. So there was this just back thing, this other thing in my head where I graduated from school, I was going to get a full-time job but I didn't want to get on the full-time jobs insurance yet because it wasn't great. So I was still on my parents, but I knew that that was going to end soon. So I didn't want to find a new endo that I would have to change after I turned 26. Okay. Does that make sense? So once I started a new job, my second job out of college, that insurance was awesome. So I found an endo. I found a bunch of doctors that I ended up really liking. And that endo, the first thing he said to me was like, okay, let's test your A1C. It's 8.8. And he was like, why aren't you on a pump? And I'm like, you're the first person <laughs> in how many years now that asked me that question. And I think that's when it really got me thinking. And he was like, well, what do you want to do for your future? Where do you want to see yourself here? When, you know, in five years, like, what do you want? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's so true. Like, I, I can't just continue on like this. I'm going to die. So um, that's what really struck me with the pump. And that's what I got on it as fast as I could. It's interesting that if you probably had any kind of diabetes community in the years prior, that thought mm-hmm. would have been put in front of you and you probably would have had a similar reaction to it. Like, right. I guess, why am I not doing this? Like, you know, um, but listen, also in fairness, brain growth, what do they say? goes to like 25, right? Yeah. So it, I was right at my peak at 25. Yeah, so it kind of worked you, out well. You were finally a person, like a whole like legitimate person who could think. And, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> because when you're 22, it's like, where are you going in five years? And you're like, listen, where I'm going is across the room to grab another margarita. And yeah, <laughs> and hopefully I get a job. I, <laughs> yeah. And if I don't get a job, that'll be a problem for a different day. But right now, <laughs> what I want is some drink and I want to hang out with these girls and say silly stuff and, you know, boys and et cetera. Right. I mean, that's yeah, it. Right. Exactly. Really? I mean, yeah, stu- that, was, how far- that sums up 18 to 22. Tell parents, let's make a list right now. I'm going to make one, mm-hmm. two, three, four. I'm going to go five. See if maybe six. Um, let's really shock parents where on your list of, of things you care about does actually doing your college work fall in your top five? 
Hmm. Like what was important? Seriously, drinking was important, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, social so, life was social important. Social life. Um, I don't know. For some reason, sometimes I put my sorority work over my schoolwork. Okay. That's three. Um, How you look? Like like, up, yeah. like, like your Physically, outward appearance? Like, my appearance, yeah. Yep. Going to the gym. gym. I, yeah, we can put, throw that under appearance. All right. Go ahead. And then schoolwork. Five. Or no, 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 no. Job. Oh. So you were, job. you were, you had an in-school job. I, yeah, I had like three jobs when I was in college. So okay. I worked at the gym at the rec. Um, I was a the manager, like a student manager. And then I worked at a t-shirt store so that my sorority could get discounts on printed t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Your parents are in the middle of an actual stroke right now, if they're listening, by the way. <laughs> I'll ask no. them. We'll, we'll get them on the phone at some point and ask them what they paid for this degree. Uh, but, but okay. So ser- I'm being serious. We have drinking, uh, social life, sorority, gym, job that was for somebody else more than it was for you. Now we're down yeah. to. Are we to schoolwork yet? Yeah, schoolwork. No, there was say. no dating. Because I, I had a, a like a long term boyfriend in college that he went to a different school. Um, so it wasn't really like much upkeep, uh, I guess. That was smart. Your dad worked that out, I imagine, right? Right. right? Boy, nowhere near her that she feels connected to. Very smart, yeah. dad. Good job. <laughs> okay. And now we're down to school. Now, once yeah. we're down to school, is it is it about doing a good job or is it about getting it done and timelines? Yeah, a little bit of both. So I went into college wanting to study um, chemistry and biology. So I did two years of that before I realized it wasn't what I wanted to do. Slash, I was not good at it. Um, So I switched. (laughs) (laughs) So I switched to a management degree. And that was at that point, I had so much to catch up on that it was a lot of just getting the work done. And then once I got into like my senior year classes where they were more... I guess, real life aspect where I was working, like consulting for a company, a management consultant for a company, or I was learning negotiation. I was learning, you know, this and that, like, that's when I started to really care about school was I think when I was a senior and those classes applied to me. Wow. Okay. So I'm now nauseous about how much money I spend for my son to go to college and everyone else listening who has younger children is in a panic. Uh, But (laughs) do you think your life would have been different now as an adult had you gave the full effort from your senior year, all four years? I don't know, because I think in those three years, I learned a lot about myself. And even though my GPA wasn't amazing, mm-hmm. yeah, my major GPA was awesome, but I also had those heavy college or like those heavy chemistry classes that weighed in. My GPA wasn't awesome. Um, no employer ever asked me that. Every thing that I took out of being a sorority and being a manager and like those life experiences actually helped me get a job versus, you know, that weight of a GPA, if that makes sense. No, like, no, I, I, just, I felt that it, gaining all that experience was more helpful for me than um, making sure that I had a 4.0. Yeah. And I'm not judging you. I'm really trying to understand, like, like sincerely, yeah. and you're doing, uh, you're being very honest and I appreciate that very much. Um, okay. So you get out of college you get through the whole insurance thing. You find a good endo. They put you on a pump and mm-hmm. things start to get better. Or like, yeah. like, what do you do once you have that pump? Because you, it feels to me like you would have no idea what to do with it if you had it. You know, it, that's so funny that you say that. When I got my pump, I something like a flip switched and I knew exactly what I was doing. <laughs> I think I took everything that I knew from my parents and I just applied it. Like, 
Um, and then plus listening to the podcast really helped me. I think I started listening to the podcast either once I got the pump or maybe a few weeks before. Whoa, like I whoa, found it right on down, the same Lexi, time. Let's slow down. Sorry, it's a lot. Pod- no, no, no. I mean, let's not skip over that the podcast was really helpful for you. That's all. Oh, yeah, Say yeah, it sorry. a little slower. <laughs> got a plug in there. Also, by the way, you just inverted two words while you were speaking. And so. Oh, I do that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you wanted to say a switch flipped. And you said a flip switch. I'm very <laughs> close to making that the title, just so you know. Wrote that down and circled it. Um, so a flip switched. Yeah, a <laughs> flip a- switched in my head. Um, and but- I just knew everything that I was supposed to do. It's crazy. <laughs> Lexi, for clarity, you know it's a switch flipped, right? Or is it colloquial? Yeah. I mean, maybe like in a different part of the country. Oh, God, we got to Google now. Hold on a can, second. Yeah, can you Google it? Real yeah, quick? Hold on, because it's a switch flipped. Is the saying, but then again, my father. What my did father, I say? I flipped a switch. You you said a flip switched. Oh, I think I'm it's right. It's probably the first. What you said was right. Sometimes I think so. I do this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> my father-in-law says six of one, um, a dozen of the other, and it's half a dozen of the other. Is the saying, which you know, I'm just like, how, he's like in his seventies. So like your whole life, like it, no one's ever looked at you and went, "You're saying that wrong ever once." <laughs> want to know so sophomore year i lived in my first apartment you know the swiffer maps sure i called it a swifter for a year and none of my roommates told me until we all moved out and they were like hey by the way uh you've been saying swifter instead of swiffer wait it's not swifter it is swiffer (gasps) i think it's swiffer yeah i didn't know that either yeah i don't know that it matters that i didn't know that but you just blew my mind I thought it was swift. You learn something new every day. Because you clean the floor more swiftly with That's it. what I thought. That's what made sense. But it's a Swiffer. Oh, yeah. I'm together with you on that. Swiffer. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. Hey, Swiffer, reach out if you want to buy some ads. Uh, okay, so <laughs> can you imagine? We just clarified a whole bunch of people. Can you There's imagine? No way it was just me if and you. Like a couple weeks from now, I'm like, so the Swiffer mop. <laughs> <laughs> like wait what <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yeah you get none of that money if that works out lexi just so you know you're, you have no Got it. Okay, no thank you. <laughs> ability to, to collect from me on that at all um, it's an after conversation for us later <laughs> <laughs> so you get the so is it just learning the pump or did you like what did you do it sounds to me like in your note like you you really put a lot of things in order at that point yeah i i um yeah i implemented everything started pre-bolusing started looking up I didn't we didn't have that extend or like the temp basils on the Medtronic and there's reasons why I switched um but just being able I think really what you mentioned before just being able to see my blood sugars I think helped me tremendously okay and you changed some of your food choices is that true yeah so yes that's when I was telling you like I had that weird gluten allergy Mm -hmm. um And I think that was just because my blood sugars were just so bad and I started really losing a lot of weight. And I think, again, that was that whole conversation with the doctor when he was like, you're not healthy. And that's when I switched to the pump. But um, yeah, I, sorry, I forgot the question. No, did you change like the quality? Oh yeah. So I started, I stopped eating gluten. I started eating like more rice, um, not that often just for dinner, um, but I'd have like a lot of salads. I had a much better diet than not that I ate poorly before, but I definitely incorporated more bread and more pasta. So I took a lot of that out and that really helped study my blood sugars. Took out some of the higher glycemic stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, Lexi, 
I never really talk about this too much because at the core of this podcast, the goal really is that you understand how to use insulin and then you apply it to your life any way that you see fit. Like I'm not here to tell people how to eat, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm always astounded by, you know, it's happening to me right now. I'm helping somebody, you know, privately and they're like, I don't understand what's going on. And I finally was like, look, I'm not your mom here, but could you try eating one thing that's not horrible a day? You know what I mean? Like, like you have, you have the worst diet and they're like, no, we don't. And I was like, no, you do like really look at it, you know? And, and so I want you to be able to eat a pop tart and bolus for it or a bowl of Cheerios and bolus for it. Because I don't think Mm -hmm. that, I don't think that wanting a bowl of Cheerios should mean that you're destined to have a 300 blood sugar for nine hours. Yeah. But make it easy on yourself once in a while. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like cut yourself a break. It's um it it's it's just the case. You eat a little healthier, less processed food, you know, less glycemic load. It's going mm-hmm. to be easier. You know? Yeah. Like it just it really is. And and again, I'm not I'm no one to talk and I'm not but you know, you can't you can't you can't jump online and be like, I don't understand what happened. Look at my blood sugars. They've been high for three days. All I did was have Chinese food. Then we had pizza the mm-hmm. next day. And then we had this. And I don't understand what's wrong. Like, well, you're not good at using your insulin and you're eating the harshest foods on your system. That's mm-hmm. that's that's what's wrong. You, you, you know, like it's not it isn't brain surgery. So you figured it out and and you really like like pulled yourself like into a, a new way of thinking, honestly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. so cool. Good for you. Um, I want to jump ahead from so that email that, that that you sent me initially was the end of 2019. Like I think around it's probably around this time a year ago, um, yeah. and then about four or five months later, you just send me a very excited email. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, like a like you're very excited. Like it's one of the I get these a lot and they're lovely. But they are like when I read them, I'm like, I don't know this person, <laughs> and it's just. I know. And, and I'm like, well, I think I, I think I put in that email like I just have to. I feel like I have to tell you because you have done so much for me without really knowing it, but also kind of knowing it. <laughs> oh, I love it! Like, I, don't get me wrong; it's a, it's amazing, and I love every one of them, and no one should stop sending them. I, I absolutely love yeah. them. But it's funny when you're reading them, like, like there's this part of me that's like, it's so odd that you're sharing it with me, but obviously it's not. Like you. <laughs> You know, like it would be like if I just found somebody on Facebook that I didn't know and I sent them a private note and I was like, let me tell you the things that are going right with my life right now. It's mm-hmm. not apples to apples, but it feels that way sometimes to me. So anyway, first you do, by the way, this is great. I was just talking about this with someone last night. People who contact me and then contact me a second time, I think they believe that we're friends now. So they just yeah. pick the conversation up where they left off as if I've been waiting patiently to hear back from them. Um, and, and I'm always like, I don't know who you are. And I'm trying to figure it out with like, I'm trying to be polite. You know, I'm like, I don't know. I just don't. You right away. I emailed you back in October. Boom. Right there. I like that. Thank you. Now I can go back and look again if I need to. But you said I have I have some updates. You're like, oh, my gosh. Um, I have this feeling that I need to tell you what's going on with my diabetes because without really knowing it, but I guess also knowing you've taught me so much. And and seriously, you had an A1C in July of 8.8, which you're, which in, in this note you're saying is just better than you've had in years. You said mm-hmm. you became ins- obsessed with improvement. You got on a Medtronic pump for, oh, for three months. A1C went to 7.6. You said you were ecstatic. You switched from the Medtronic to the 
to the Omnipod in December. Endo appointment last week, A1C was 5.8. And then you wrote out 5 freaking point eight, which, by the way, a lot of people <laughs> do. And I love it. It's great. Um, what made you switch pumps? Um, that CGM on Medtronic is just trash. I, <laughs> I wish it was better. And I thought the whole idea of what they tried to do, the whole looping system with that was like, I thought it was a great idea and that's what made me go for it. And being on a Medtronic when I was younger, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I, I'm going to rely on this, but I had so many lows that said I was high. So I don't know, my numbers were just so wacky all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just was going to try to get off the Medtronic CGM and use the Dexcom with the Medtronic pump. But I am, I'm a dress wearer. I like, I, there's nowhere for me to clip this pump. So I, um, I ended up switching to Omnipod and they had this, like, it was like a miracle. They had this, um, this promotion going on where they would pay out whatever pump you were on of your contract so that you could switch to Omnipod. So that's what ended up happening for me. And it was like a blessing. Do you think that hurts when you're the other company and you get a check from another pump company? It's like it's like they used to do that with cell phones. Do you know that? Yeah, imagine. Yeah, you can um, you well, could go to AT. I remember and be telling like, so Medtronic gives you somebody like a rep that you can text if you have some sort of problem. Right. And I was telling this lady, I was like, I don't know, I'm looking at Omnipod, like unless you can try and help me here, she never would never respond. And then I texted her and I was like, Hey, just so you know, I switched to Omnipod. I'm no longer a part of Medtronic. And she responded right away. And I was like, I mean, if you just responded to me, (laughs) like basic customer service, um, if you would have responded to me months ago, we wouldn't be having this problem. Maybe so. Maybe she was thinking, "Oh, I would switch too if I was you." (laughs) Yeah, that's well. She also told me she used to be an Omnipod rep and then went to Medtronic. So I don't know what the. She's probably like, "Yeah, good job." (laughs) Yeah, I can't tell you to do that, so I'm not going to respond back to you. But you know, oh, that's interesting. Well, listen. First of all, at this point, like 10 of these episodes should be called Sorry Medtronic, but I don't I don't pre-screen these people, okay? Just so you know. I don't right. know what they're going to say, uh, but um, I do hear from a lot of people that they don't like your CGM, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. So I want you to talk about that for a second. Like, what's it like sitting in the office removed maybe a year or two from a, not even probably, from a 12A1C and you're in the fives? And by the way, in the fives without lows, right? Yeah, yeah, I was in under 60-something. I was like 68, maybe, in that time. Excellent. What does it feel like to have mm-hmm. that to get that news? Well, I was sitting there, and my endo showed me this piece of paper. It was like a receipt. You know, He was like, all right, your A1C is 5.8. And I was like, I mean, my jaw just immediately dropped. I was like, what? Are you sure it's not 6.8? Did you re- like read it wrong? He was like, no, 5.8. And I was like, oh my God, like in my head, I'm like, this is amazing. I can't wait to like call my family and tell them this and this and that. And then the guy's like, well, I like it, but I don't love it. And I was like, what? (laughs) And he's like, I just, I'm worried that you're having too many lows. I'd rather see it at six. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I'm sitting there like, I just like had this major accomplishment. Like, did you see my A1C the last three months, like three months ago when I was here? I mean, I I was baffled that he had said that. Right. Um, so he changed some settings on my on my pump, and I just the second I left in my Uber back to work, I changed them back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, doctors, you have to listen. If somebody's listening to the podcast, you change their pump in the office, they're just going to change it back when they walk outside. 
Yeah, especially if it's working. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I'm most interested by the idea that like 5.8 to 6 apparently is a big leap in the doctor's head. Like, oh, no, this is dangerous. Go up 0. 0.2. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Silly. I was like, okay. Yeah. It's like, well, my goal is to be like 5.5 next. So I don't know what, <laughs> yeah. what this conversation is going to look like next. I have to tell you that um, I – consider that the last three months of Arden's diabetes care have been like so so in my mind and too, her yeah. A1C was 5.8 like like I'm not I'm not like you're five eight. like it's amazing <laughs> and by the way I was thrilled when Arden got a 5.8 but a 5.8 like as we were leading up to the A1C I was like yeah because of this like we, the COVID lockdown and everything I was like yeah. things have been funky and we haven't gotten ahead of as many meals as I wanted to so I've been kind of correcting more on the back end. I know this isn't going to be what I'm hoping for. And it went up. I think hers went from like 5.6 to 5.8. And yeah. Yeah. But I think that I also, had, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I had a, an appointment with my endo in June and I had a 5.9. Um, and even he, and then he like completely flipped the switch. And that's another conversation. But <laughs> um, so I was a 5.9 and I thought the same thing. Like during COVID, I lost my job. I went back to my parents' house, living at my parents' house. I mean, all these stressors and I did not think it was still going to maintain the scene that I had it. But you did. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, that yeah. was going to be my point, actually. Thank you for saying it. Is that mm -hmm. I think that after you listen to the podcast long enough, it just happens. After a mm -hmm. while, you do the things that you do. Those things lead to an A1C in the fives. That's it. Mm -hmm. That just Unless the things you do lead to an A1C in the sixes. Wherever you mm -hmm. find your comfort zone, you know what I mean? I think you just start repeating those things and they just pay right. off over and over again in the same way. Yeah. And I think I, when I had that five, eight, a one C I went in knowing my a one C was going to be good, just not that good. Um, and that was cause I changed all these things and I was very aware of what I was changing. And now it's so, I'm so accustomed to it that when I go in and I'm like, ah, it's probably not gonna be that great. I haven't done anything new and it's the same. I'm like, Oh, actually I've just been still doing the same things that I changed. I just, yeah. it's, now in my daily routine. Yep, that's it. And it just becomes commonplace and it happens. So yeah. actually, do you do, have you pieced together that you're the reason juiceboxdocs.com exists? I have actually when I was um reading through my messages to you, I was like, oh yeah, I reached out about asking about a new endo yeah. that are podcast friendly. Yep. You you emailed me in April and said, Hey, I'm looking for an endo in like the Chicagoland area. And, mm -hmm. and that would be, you know, friendly to the podcast. And I was like, oh, I can find out for it. So I went online and I asked and it was quick how quickly somebody came back was like, oh, try this one or this one. And I screen capped yeah. it and I sent it to you. And that was sort of it. But I was like, it, it was your initial, your initial email was like, do you know somebody? And I said, I don't, but I would like to build a list of them. And, and I, and I remember telling you like, oh, this is giving me something to think about. And then I was like, I know what I could do. Like, instead of like, this always happens. Like somebody asks, I go into the community, I ask for them, I send it back. I'm like, why are we not building a list of these people? Like, that just makes yeah. sense. So Lexi, you are the founder of the feast as far as juiceboxdocs.com goes. Um, <laughs> so thank you very much. Cause it's, it is actually yeah. growing and building and, and it's fascinating to, like, to see that people are very careful about the doctors they send in too. Like I don't, mm -hmm. they don't willy nilly. It's not like, Oh, this guy's fine. Like it's people have to have really great experiences. Then they're willing to share the doctor. It's really cool. Yeah. So, thank you. I went to go put in my, um, my pediatric endo, but he's no longer in practice, which is sad. But I was, I, once you said that on the podcast one day, I was like, Oh, I gotta go put in Dr. Duck. 
<laughs> and then I noticed he wasn't in practice anymore and I was sad. But yeah, I'm glad that that was helpful for everybody. Yeah, it was really definitely was. helpful for me. You did it. Like you you made me I was like, huh, why am I not doing this? Like, why am I not like making this a more like, you know, concrete place that people would go instead of just asking me and and then me reaching into a group of people and doing like, hey, who knows somebody? And then you mm-hmm. gotta go find out if it's right or not. It just seemed like I was like, huh, I have a you know, I have a popular like place online. Like, why don't I just put the list there? So anyway, I thought that was really cool. Like I, it, so much good stuff comes from from interactions like the one you and I had. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted I wanted to thank you because I know you're basically trying to thank me. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm thanking you <laughs> instead uh, because I'll get uncomfortable. Full circle. Yeah, I'll, when I'll get uncomfortable, like at some point you'll be like. Hey, I just want to really thank you. And I'm going to get like, oh, it's okay, Lexi. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's no problem. It's just something to do. Don't yeah. make a big deal out of it, all right? You're making me feel weird. Um, but that's really something. Now you realize that I'm going to ask you more questions about the fish and the boyfriend. So yep. when you you live together with a guy and then you lose your job, so you go back with your parents, did they take in the boyfriend too? No, no, no. So we didn't live together yet. Um, oh. I was furloughed. I wasn't, I didn't lose my job, okay. but actually it was kind of just another blessing in disguise where I was, I was so unhappy at that job that I was like, okay, I guess this is kind of a good kicker for me to start looking for new jobs anyway. Um, I so I do have a new job that I recently started a couple months ago, which is exciting. Congratulations. But, um, thank you. Yeah. So we both went to our, so, okay. <laughs> our, um, me, so my boyfriend is Giancarlo and we both, um, we both are very similar. So me, our parents, both of our parents were born in Italy. They came here. We're friends before we met. And then me and John met through mutual friends in college and then just started dating a few years ago. <laughs> so nice. our parents know each other. Um, yeah, which is super cool. But our moms are very similar where they were both like, okay, the city's on lockdown. You better come home and you better stay here for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And so he had to go home. You had to go home. Yeah, and, hence and, why the fish were left here. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came back and grabbed them. But yeah. Do you think the kids will be Catholic? I'm just kidding. Of course they will be. There's you think? No, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm thinking it's absolutely going to happen. Do you think they'll have dark hair? Um, do you th- dark hair, dark eyes, <laughs> nice olive skin. Yeah, that's exactly what they're going to Do you think they'll like. just walk outside for 10 minutes and have the greatest tan ever? And that'll be that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> except for, by the way, I dated an Italian girl in high school. and She got the mm-hmm. most amazing tan but her sister yeah. was pale, like translucent, honestly. Like you could see veins under her skin. And and she never <laughs> could take on, like, it didn't matter if you put her in the sun, she she wouldn't get darker. I was always really? fascinated by that. That's so interesting. I am typically paler. I, you said you saw my LinkedIn. Did you actually go to my LinkedIn? Yeah. What do you think I was Okay, doing? so <laughs> my picture is like very, I'm very pale in that picture. That's what I look like eight months out of the year. And then in the summertime, I am dark. <laughs> And then okay. it just goes away. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're very Googleable. Um, Am I? That's yeah. great. It's it's probably because of it's, and uh, how people have to get jobs now and do things. But yeah. I, I do have a question about that. What was it like applying for and getting a job during coronavirus? It was very stressful. I'll be honest with you because I. Didn't what the part of the reason I didn't want to leave my old job was because it had great health insurance. So I wanted to find similar health insurance somewhere else. Um, so a lot of it was just like being very nitpicky about which jobs I wanted because 
there was a point where you like, you're either desperate or to like that you need a job or, you know, you can be picky and find which one. And luckily I could be picky just because my boyfriend had a job. He has a good job that could support him. And, um, my old job was still covering health benefits up until the end of July. So, um, I really used that time to do a lot of research, but I did, I interviewed virtually. I still haven't gone to the office. Um, we're virtual up throughout the rest of the year and maybe even into the spring. So it's interesting. And as a recruiter, I'm constantly telling people about our work culture. And I'm like, honestly, I haven't been in the office yet. So, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, but I mean, so wait, so you do it normally, right? You just, you send out resumes, Mm -hmm. they contact you and then do you just do video chats with like mass amounts of people? Like my wife goes into interviews and she's gone for a whole day. And when she Mm -hmm. comes out at the end of the day, she looks like somebody had been shooting at her for the last six hours yeah. and she's just been running from it. Did you, do you go from like zoom to zoom to zoom talking to people or how does that all work? Yeah, there was one day I had three different zoom interviews with three different companies, excuse me. And each of one of them were an hour and a half and I was, at the end of the day. I came out of our like office bedroom and I was like, I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> It was just a lot of brain power. Um, but this, the, my job now, my, my interview was three and a half hours long okay. over Zoom. And, and what about onboarding? Does it all happen over video? Yeah, every, I mean, everything is over video. Um, our team meetings are video. Our um, like one-on-one conversations are video. I have a performance review later on today that's one-on-one over video. So it's kind of crazy. Is there an office that you may go to again one day? Yep. It's actually, it's a mile from my apartment, so it's not too far away. I can walk whenever we can go there. It's a really cool office from what I've heard, but yeah, hopefully we have about 25% of the office there and it's the people that absolutely need to be there. Um, and then everyone else's work from home. What's the, like everybody who's had a new job as an adult knows that like you get there and it's not like, it's not like in the first day, someone explains your job to you completely and you just understand Mm -hmm. it. Right. And part of it is meeting people, bumping into them, asking questions, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, like literally leaning on a water cooler and being like, Hey, real quick, Marcy, she's crazy. Right. And then, you know, and, <laughs> and somebody looks at you and they wink back and you're like, all right, should stay away from Marcy. You make a sticky note for yourself, like that kind of stuff. How did, does none of that happen like this? Is it just a no. whole new world? It's a little lonely. I'll be honest. Um, there's meetings that I've just set for myself just to get to know my team, like one-on-ones. And luckily we can go and sit out on a patio in Chicago and eat outdoors. So I've grabbed dinner with a couple of people on my team and mm-hmm. that's been really great. But yeah, I don't know anyone outside of the six members of my team. And then you are recruiting too. So now this mm-hmm. is your job to find other people and do this to them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's a little bit, it's a definitely a learning curve at that point, but also I have this weird advantage from everyone else on my team that I can tell people how comfortable I was interviewing virtually and also accepting a job remotely or, you know, to be remote. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's working in my favor so far. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. It really, I mean, it just feels like a completely different world, but it's hitting you right yeah. as you're graduating. From, I mean, it's, it's your second job, right? This is my third job. Third. So I was at my first job for three years and then my second job for two years. And this is my third. This is your third one. Okay. So this is, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not like you're inexperienced. You do understand the process and it is yeah. really different. Yeah. Yeah. It's very different. And I'd say I probably had less technical issues starting remotely than I have starting in person, <laughs> which is crazy to think about. But I mean, I think it just shows like at that point you have to be adaptable and you have to onboard all these people that 
you really, there's no room for error. Yeah. I just passed an hour ago. I passed Arden in my bedroom because we're, mm-hmm. her, her room's being like fixed. So like she's not in there today. So she's in yeah. my bedroom going to school and I went into my bedroom to grab some stuff and I came out to come do this and she's putting on sneakers. And I'm like, why are you putting on sneakers? She goes, I have gym next. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, we're going to get up and do exercises. I'm like, in front of the camera? And she goes, yeah. She, I said, one at a time or as a group? She goes, I don't know. This is my first class. And I was like, gotcha. Oh, interesting. Uh, but I don't wow. think that's going to be a valuable way to exercise. <laughs> no. <laughs> You would hate that. <laughs> it does not seem reasonable. And like, so can she, you set up a follow up on how that goes? I'm so interested. Uh, yeah, I trust me. I'm going to because it felt like a waste of time while she was explaining it to me. Um, and then you know she muted the muted herself, and she, we're talking, and she's like, "They probably think I'm having a stroke." She's like, "I'm just I, they can't hear me, and I'm, my head's moving around, and my mouth is going." But you know, and and she's telling me about like the day so far. And she's mm-hmm. just like, I don't, she's like, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I was like, she goes, I don't think any of this makes any sense. And I was like, yeah, I don't know either, kid. I was like, you know, but oh here you are. So good luck. I hope you learn something. Yeah. Um, fake it till you make it, I guess. Yeah. I don't think they're going to learn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think so either. <laughs> uh, I actually am starting to believe they weren't learning that much in school either. <laughs> so. No, right. Especially when you see it now, it, like literally in your kitchen sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm listening and I was like, this was it? Like this is what they were being told? Like, uh, yeah. like maybe I should have just kept her home, homeschooled her and like got her a bunch of good YouTube videos and be like, here, watch yeah. this. <laughs> That'll explain the math thing and then just do a couple of them until you understand it and we'll be good. Um, anyway, well, I really appreciate you doing this, Lexi. Is there anything we didn't get to that you were hoping to talk about? No, I think we covered everything. Um, not that I like prepared anything, but just thinking of topics that, you know. You feel good about uh, it? Yeah, I feel good. Yeah. I, I, I hope just, you do too. <laughs> I, I feel great about it. And in the last couple of minutes, I found a Twitter account that I don't think you use anymore. And oh, I'm, no, see- I'm not good. seeing some of your retweets from college or from, you know, from a couple of years ago. And uh, no, yeah, it's not I think good. we could have been friends that. at some point. I really do. <laughs> In another life, if I'd have been born at a different time, I definitely think I would have enjoyed knowing a person who would retweet a tweet that said, raise your peacock if you a hoe. Do you know that's your, <laughs> you know that's your last retweet? <laughs> that was, um. oh my God, there's such a weird story behind that and I'm not getting into it. But Whoa, my story, what do you mean you're not peacocks. getting into it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting into that one, nope. <laughs> I'm going to spend all day wondering what peacock is in this in this terminology. Um, that's all. Yeah, you're not going to say. I don't even. I couldn't even remember. I, yeah, you can remember. You're just not telling that? me. It's fine. I like slightly remember, but I don't know if it's right. <laughs> it's either your hand or your ass. I'm trying to figure out which one it is, <laughs> so I'm uh, not sure. <laughs> And yeah, I might be wrong. It. Also, it looks like you got screwed over by American Airlines a couple of years ago while traveling oh, to Vegas. Yeah. To Vegas. Yep. <laughs> People should not use Twitter. I don't know if they're aware of it or not when they're doing it, but it's not a great idea. I, I'm deleting this account. It's not even an app on my phone anymore. I, I just, the account's just out there. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm Google myself now and figure out what's out there. Well. Just so I can, uh, I, I mean, we can't call the episode Lexi's a Peacock and Ho. I mean, that isn't going to no, work. No, yeah. my mom is not going <laughs> to love that. Your mom will be all right with that at all? You don't, <laughs> you don't, you, you think this might be worse for your mom than the margaritas and the 12A1C? <laughs> like, at this point, I 
don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Did, did this conversation make you rethink having children of your own one day? <laughs> oh, totally. Every day it does. Now that like, however I grew up, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a peacock in your banner image. It, yeah. So it's my, my sorority mascot was a peacock. Oh, okay. So, yeah, there's some underlying story behind my sorority that must have right. prompted that. <laughs> I think we should all be getting to know this Maria girl, too, just in case. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <Yeah. laughs> I really do appreciate you doing this. I genuinely do. And I, I appreciate knowing, you know, to be serious at the end, because, mm-hmm. you know, let's end seriously, um, it, that that the that the podcast was valuable for you is is really Definitely. exciting for me and i'm thrilled for what you've accomplished i don't see why you couldn't continue to do this you know ad nauseum forever and ever now that you've got the tools mm-hmm. right you just you just use them at yeah. the right moments and that's that it's really yeah, cool definitely. do you think you'll go to yeah, the i mean i'm grateful for the podcast even i remember at my old job we said there was somebody who like reached out to a bunch of people and was like my daughter's diabetic. I'm interested if there's anyone else that was, you know, that's diabetic. And I did send them the podcast link. I was like, this has been such a great tool for me. So I, you know, use this however you can. And unfortunately, after I was furloughed, I haven't talked to that person. But I hope that they definitely were able to start listening because, I mean, it changed my life. Uh, that's wonderful to hear. It really is. I'm, I'm thrilled for you. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing it with other people. So thank mm-hmm. you very much. Yeah. Cool. All right. Listen, I'm going to stop the recording for a second, just in case you do remember what the peacocking thing was and you want to tell me privately. (laughs) All right. All right. Hold on. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G- on.com forward slash juice box. I also want to thank the Contour Next One blood glucose meter for being a sponsor on the show and for making such an amazing meter. Please check it out at contournext.com forward slash juice box. Don't just take whatever meter someone gave you. Use a good one. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. As a matter of fact, the next episode is a variable, uh, diabetes variable uh, episode with Jenny, and it's going to embarrass her. So if you want to hear Jenny get embarrassed a little bit, you definitely don't want to miss the next episode. She's such a delightful person. Wait, you, you guys love Jenny. Who doesn't love Jenny? Everybody loves Jenny. If somebody doesn't love Jenny, you come see me. Uh, please no one show up at my house.